0: Chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am now persuaded, now lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God does not give, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher.
1: Our second scripture for this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. When your children ask you, in time to come, what is the meaning of the decrees and the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your children, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, The Lord displayed before our eyes great and awesome signs and wonders in Egypt against Pharaoh and all his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in, to give us the land that he promised on oath to our ancestors. Then the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our lasting good, so as to keep us alive as is now the case." If we diligently observe this entire commandment before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, we will be in the right. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? Come Holy Spirit, settle in upon us now. Quiet our minds and open our hearts, that we might hear the words you have to speak to us today. We pray this in Christ's almighty name. Amen. Did you ever notice that kids ask a lot of questions? Did you ever notice that kids ask a lot of questions right at bedtime? (laughs) I don't think that's a coincidence, do you? You know, it goes something like this. How come I have to go to bed? Well, because it's dark outside. Well, how come it's dark outside? Well, because the sun went down. Well, how come the sun went down? Well, because the Earth spins, you know, and the, the sun's on the other side of the Earth right now. Well, how come the Earth spins? Well, because it's cooling, right? And that creates angular momentum, so we're spinning through space. But it's time to go to bed, right? Kids ask questions, constantly asking why, or how, or how come. I asked this week for some parents online to give me their favorite questions from their kids, so here's, here's the best of those. One mom told me that her son asked, how come we say all men at the end of a prayer? Shouldn't we say all women, too? Or another little guy asked his mom, did they have color TV when you were little, mom? You mean way back in the 1990s? Yes, they had color TV. (laughs) Or a couple of favorites from my own children when they were younger. What do I have to do to be tall like you, dad? I said, eat your vegetables. And he said, did mommy not eat her vegetables when she was little? (laughs) Or the more philosophical, I loved this one, about Sesame Street. How come Super Grover isn't super all the time? Hmm. You know, as they grow up, though, their questions start to change. They even get a little bit harder, don't they? One parent said her hardest question from her daughter was, Why me? Or they grow up and ask you questions like, What do you think I should do, Mom? Well, Mother's Day is often a day of potted geraniums and going out to brunch. So maybe that's how you're celebrating today. But I was thinking about what a mother has to do to raise a child well. And I was also thinking parenting is one long question and answer session. Raising a kid is an extended dialogue, a back and forth, hour by hour, day by day, and year by year. So we're going to celebrate Mother's Day today by celebrating questions that are answered. I want you to think about how our mothers, the women of faith in our lives, have molded and shaped us. Mostly because they were the ones who were willing to answer our questions. Kids sure do ask a lot of questions, don't they? And we're actually reminded of that in scripture in several places. Did you notice it was a child who asked the question in Deuteronomy? When your children ask you in the time to come, what is the meaning of these decrees and statutes and ordinances that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your children, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, But the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Parenting is teaching about the past, but heading into the future. One of the most important jobs we have is to pass on the faith, to teach children what's right and what's wrong, to teach them how to pray, to teach them how to listen for God's voice, to show them how to love their neighbors as they love themselves. Faith is a personal thing, but to learn all these things is also communal. We don't just come up with them all by ourselves. Our faith is learned from the community and it's passed down as a gift from generation to generation. One of my favorite lines from a seminary professor that I know I've probably said here before, but he was fond of saying over and over that Christianity is not a biological community. And so we read today from First Timothy, where Paul writes, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. Do you notice how Paul's not worried about the DNA connections? Not not about the biology of of a grandmother, a mother, and a son, but about the way the faith has been passed down. Why don't you take a moment right now to think of someone who passed the faith down to you. Would you uh, just take a moment and find somebody near to you would you just share that name with them and, and what the relationship was? Who is it that, that passed the faith down to you? Go ahead. Take a minute. Right, I'll come here.
0: What's my yours? Mother. Your mother? Okay. I love yeah. oh my God. My.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I sat with my grandmother. Oops. Now, how many of you named somebody you were biologically related to? Yeah? And how many for you was that somebody else from the community? Just a few. Okay. You know how you can tell a healthy church from an unhealthy one? has a different sound to it. Now, sure, in some churches there's the sound of silence, right? When everyone's worshipping together and praying quietly. There's sounds of joy, where everyone's singing together. But in a healthy church, you'll hear one other kind of noise, too. I like to call it the holy chaos. It's the sound of Cheerios getting crunched under a pew. It's the sound of matchbox cars running up and down. I just worshipped a couple of weekends ago with my little nieces, and they sat on either side of me. And, you know, they ask questions very loudly. (laughs) I'm not used to the experience of trying to keep kids in check while being in church. But you know what Jesus said about kids, right? Truly I tell you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And how would a child receive something? With lots of questions, right? What is this? How does this work? Why does this happen? How come? I think that's a lesson we need to learn as the church. And ask ourselves, can our church be a place where questions are asked? Because you know what? It's not only kids who ask a lot of questions, we adults do it too. You read through the Gospels and you realize that people were asking Jesus questions all the time. Questions like these Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Or who is my neighbor? Or how can I understand unless someone guides me? Or will you come and heal my daughter? Or teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Or the woman at the well who said, where can I get this living water? Maybe you walked through the doors with questions of your own this morning. Questions like, Why did my friend have to die? Or, what does God want from me in my life? Or go back to the classic, who is my neighbor? And what does it mean for me to love them as I love myself? On this Mother's Day, instead of the potted geraniums and brunch, which are good things, I want you to remember, though, that we are not merely a biological community. But we are raising a whole community of faith. So whether or not you're a mother, you can be a mother in the faith. You can be a mentor. Ask yourself, where is it that you can extend the kingdom of God this week? And if you're wondering what that looks like, you can probably think back to the way your mother treated you, or some other woman in your life who filled that role. Think of all the things moms do for us before we can ever pay her back, before you could stamp your feet on a t-shirt, before you ever picked a dandelion out in the yard and took it to her, before you bought her a potted geranium and took her out to brunch, Your mother loved you and gave you life. Well, think about how that is with us and with God. Before you could do any good works for your neighbor, before you could pray and offer thanks, before you ever asked for forgiveness, God loved you, and God offered you grace. Thanks be to God for our mothers who gave us the gift of life. And thanks be to God who gives us the gift of grace. Amen.